Welcome to Point Your Toes, The Adventures of the NYC Dance Teacher. I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. And I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We will be sharing our experiences and all their ridiculous and hilarious truths. However, to keep the identity of the students and companies we worked for safe, we won't be mentioning any by name, and if we do, they will be changed. That being said, let's get into today's topic, fusion classes. So this topic came about because someone a part of the Dance Teacher Network that I'm a part of uh, mentioned a frustration of another studio, I shouldn't say poaching, but losing some of her younger dancers to go to another studio for 45-minute fusion or combo classes. I don't particularly like combo classes. The only combo class I ever really did when I was younger was ballet tap. And I'm I'm perfectly okay with ballet tap because the fundamentals are similar. Like you, the turnout is the same. Like you're still learning turnout. So like those two aren't too far fetched, especially at the very beginner levels of ballet and tap. So I don't really have a problem with those kind of fusion classes. But this particular teacher on the network spoke about uh, hip hop, jazz, and. I think ballet fusion classes or combo classes and I just I don't know how I feel about that even if they are shorter or longer but you're uh-uh you're, yeah mm-mm. you know because when you're when you're really little like like three to five years old a little and starting to take dance a lot the majority of studios will be like will offer these combination classes and usually they're about 40 minutes and it's you know 20 minutes of ballet and mm-hmm. 20 minutes of tap and it's just you know two very basic fun basic as in like um very fundamental mm-hmm. have always been there probably will always be their dance styles have a lot of the fundamentals you may, need to learn um and i do think that those are really good when they're little kids it also splits up a class so it keeps your attention span going true um you get to learn all different stuff and then usually by the time you get to about first grade or so you start taking either just ballet or just tap or you know any of that so combo classes are kind of there for a multitude of reasons, but specifically when a child is very young and they're starting to be introduced to dance. Um, and and in, that, that, in that regard, I can understand that. Like if a 20-minute attention span or, you know, enough of it to where the parents and kid can kind of get an understanding for it. So it makes sense to me. But I'm always just very cautious when they want to start developing into other styles outside of ballet. Right. Well, that's the thing is, like, if, if I was a parent and wanted to put my child in dance and all of a sudden they're like, yeah, combination class. It's like, you know, hip hop and jazz or hip hop and ballet or hip hop and tap or, you know, African and modern or something. When they're little, I would be like, whoa, whoa, they can barely stand up. Like, absolutely not. Yeah. And then as kids get older, there's just no need for actual combination classes, which means you spend X amount of time doing one and then you stop and you switch and do X amount of time doing the other. So as you get older, there's really no need to do these combination classes. And then, you know, well, people start to be like, well, I, you know, I take this fusion class. And so we want to talk about like, well, what does fusion mean? What, you know, what does dance fusion mean? Um, what is, how is it different than like someone's own personal style? And, and so I guess that. we should start with 
the original, I shouldn't say the original fusion, but to, in some regards, jazz is kind of a fusion of dance because jazz takes standard ballet technique mm -hmm. or traditional ballet technique and combine it with jazzercise music or exercise type mentality or music mm -hmm. so there is a kind of a natural fusion when it comes to jazz the the style of jazz that being said there's still a core technique for jazz mm -hmm. that doesn't really shift around and move too much so it is often weird to me when people say it's a jazz fusion or that they try to mix jazz with another style when innately jazz is already kind of a mixture right. of styles. And then it's the question of, we were just talking about this before we started recording, is it the question of jazz fusion as in fusion with another style or jazz fusion because it's not your basic box step, kickball change, leap, exactly. grapevine type of class. Like I was telling Tony, there's a, a great dance teacher. She teaches at Broadway Dance Center. Uh, Michelle Barber, and she was my jazz teacher growing up mm -hmm. um, at the at Coupe Dance Studio where I grew up at. And her classes at Broadway Dance Center are called Jazz Fusion. Now they are in like they are jazz at the core of it. It is a jazz class. Isn't it that is, the class that we took? Yeah, I think we have taken. Oh, it. that's yeah. just a jazz yeah. class. Then. It's a it's mm. a jazz it's a jazz class. But she has been working for you know, 20 plus years, and she's kind of developed her own style within mm -hmm. jazz, really kind of okay. what she likes, what she doesn't like, what speaks to her, and what kind of has become her work, where someone would see a combination and go, oh, that's that's a Michelle combination, mm -hmm. you know? So that's why it's kind of called jazz fusion, because it's more so a fusion of like, well, it's, it's, her, it's her vision of jazz. Once we get through all the technique, mm -hmm. it's her vision of the choreography kind of, kind of what she's created with it but it's a jazz class she's making you do turns across the floor and leaps and you know drags and all this stuff so it's that is not a fusion, a class. fusion class and i think the more we talk about this the more i start to realize like may i think people confuse fusion with just a person's jazz style yes i think that's what it is like Especially once choreographers start to really develop their own sense of self and their mm -hmm. voice, which is something we've talked about before, your style, quote unquote, is going to develop. You're going to take what you do and you're going to pick little things from other places and intrinsically move, but it, but you still know what your what the style is. And it makes me think, so in college, I had three jazz teachers and each one of them like had their own distinct thing. My first jazz teacher, she was a Turner. Like, mm -hmm. it's why I'm a huge Turner now, because she was big on turns. Our second jazz teacher, she was really big on jazz walks, which was weird because our for which was, it was a weird transition for me because my first teacher, she was like, I love a good jazz walk, but it serves no purpose. Mm -hmm. Second jazz teacher, she was all about the jazz walks. Mm -hmm. But granted, she lived in Vegas and LA. So she, you know, she'd done yeah. the Vegas showgirl jazz walks. And then the third one, probably for right. days. Like but she was all about That's Potty the other thing too. It kind of also depends on like where you are in the country or the world and mm -hmm. what, what avenue are you are you dancing in or choreographing in or, you know, any or teaching in is all going to influence your version of jazz or your version of hip hop. And it's, it's almost it's very true. It's, and it's easier because people forget with ballet 
there's so many different styles of ballet. There's oh, yeah. Chiquetti and Vaganova and Balanchine and um, I can't even think of the other ones. I'm think I can't think of right now. There's so many different. Oh, I'm Balanchine trying to style. Uh, yeah, I mean I'm primarily Balanchine style, <laughs> no, but I took to take a lot of Chiquetti at my studio and some Vagnova. But there's Ooh. ballet has all these different styles within it, but it's still ballet. ballet. And you know what? You can go to any ballet class. Majority of ballet classes are not necessarily a Balanchine class or oh yeah a yeah yeah Chiquetti class. Especially as you get older, it's a fusion, if you want to call it that, of the different styles, styles of ballet. In the house of ballet. But it's still ballet. It's not a fusion of ballet and tap or ballet and jazz. And the thing that, like, I... So we'll talk about this more during our class shout-outs. I am trained heavily in modern under fall and uh, release technique, Lamone technique. Like, I'm not a Horton person. The last time I did Horton was in high school. A mm. um, little bit of Graham in college, a little bit of Graham after college, but predominantly like fall and release mm-hmm. and floor work. Things that's, that's my wheelhouse when it comes to modern. That is what I've taken the most classes in and trained the most in. So when I took a class in a different style, which again, we'll follow up more during class shoutouts, but when I was taking that style up, taking the style of Horton, it was a completely different set of muscles. Like mm-hmm. I was sore in totally different ways. And I was like, I just used this muscle a month ago when I took this other class and I go, oh, but it's not at all the same style. Mm-hmm. And still under the wheelhouse of modern, but a different branch altogether and a different set of muscles. And this is what concerns me when you use, have fusion classes for like nine and 10 year olds. Mm-hmm. Because it's one thing for four and five year olds to be doing, you know, a combo class of ballet tap or even maybe ballet modern, which I still think it can get very confusing to them to teach. Yeah, it. and they, but if you have a ten-year-old who could potentially have been dancing for five years, let's mm-hmm. say they started at age five, and a ten-year-old has been dancing for five years, and you're going from ballet into hip hop within the span of forty-five minutes, that doesn't really work. It's different muscle groups, and as kids, you know the kids are still growing, and, yes. and their muscles are developing, and you could really get hurt in this. And it also just we were talking about this before, and I think it brings up a really good point. Where is it like your choreographic, your artistic voice that you kind of have different styles embedded within, mm-hmm. you know, one technique realm, one house, versus, you know, that's something that you can definitely explore versus somebody just being like, I have a hip hop move and then I have a ballet move and then I have a jazz move and then I have a modern move that's not really exploring your creative voice you're just voice. ripping your hips like you're I just think just, of your hips right, and you're ripping right and it's it's not you're not really getting any sort of solid technique in that class either then yeah and it's just because it makes me think of so um again a college professor that was one of my jazz and modern teachers she always talked about how the difference between levels and she always would say, she was like, so my, my, my level ones, because at my college, uh, majors started at level twos. Mm-hmm. So level ones were for like the rent, anyone that wanted to take a dance class Niners, or the people like yeah. getting in there. So level one. So for level ones, she was like, I, it's vocabulary learning. Maybe we'll do something cool. They're happy if they're landing single pirouettes, mm-hmm. you know, or just right. staying up in a pirouette. She's like, my level twos, 
we hunker down on technique, you know, like I, I want a little more. I want, I want solid doubles, you know, like I want full extensions. It's like, why aren't you doing your stretching technique? And she goes, level three? Oh, I'm playing. She's like, for level three, I expect for you to know X amount of technique so that I can do whatever I want. Right. So I can throw whatever you want it. And that's kind of how I feel when you do these fusion classes with younger kids, younger kids that are learning technique or they're codifying, codifying technique. It's, it's just full out dangerous because their bodies are not developed. And I just, I just would hate to like, when I think of turnout, like learning how to turn out properly is such a difficult thing for kids Mm -hmm. to learn, especially to rotate from their hips and not from their knees or their ankles. And I'm like, to go from being rotated out, you know, solid turnout to jump into hip hop or jazz where everything is parallel. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I agree. That's a lot of I mean, torn I ligaments. Just, I just think you should, as as a, as a dancer, as an adult, or even as a kid, if there's kids listening, or parents, studio you need owners. to studio owners. You need to be careful of if a kid is taking a fusion class. Does that mean it's you know the teachers and the choreographers kind of personal style and creativeness mixed in, or if it's literally just kind of seem seems to switch from like one you know category to the next category. And it just is like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's like that can, you know, that can be very dangerous to younger dancers and even older dancers too who don't have great proper training. And think about kind of, then also think about you as a teacher and a choreographer. Is this Mm. work you want to put forward? Is this something that looks good? You know? And then, so if we move off of our so young dancers and we start going to like our college and our like pre-professional or our young professionals Mm -hmm. or new professionals... It's very, like, you two need to be careful about cross-style training because, again, you'll go, let's say you are currently dancing in a musical that's predominantly music theater and jazz, and then the next week you're rolling into hip-hop auditions. That's a huge shift. Mm -hmm. And someone think, oh, it's a fusion, or you're a dancer, you can handle all of that. Understand your training sends you towards a certain path and you have to retrain to do certain things. Like I have a friend now that uh, is working out in LA and she is predominantly like a hip hop contemporary dancer, but she trained in all styles younger. Mm -hmm. And so she, somebody wanted her to do a gig on point and she was like, "Uh, how long before the gig? And they're like, oh, a month. She's like, "Mm, I can probably squeeze it. But she's like, if it's less than a month, I need to get back in ballet class. She's like, it's been forever since I've been on point. You know, or like, I know plenty of dancers now that are like heavy modern or music theater dancers go, I haven't taken point since I was 18. Yeah. I'm not touching that again. You know, or they're like, I don't have like, I still have the body for it and could probably swing it, but like, why do I want to do that damage to my body? Or, you know, because I've even seen weird fusion classes that is like point and like jazz. And yeah, jazz I've seen point that too. And very it's, scary. it's very, there's a lot of, you know, parallel and there's a lot of bent knees, which you can do on point shoes, but it's not. You're, I would much rather be have an experienced ballet dancer that has been doing this for years. Right. Try something like that because she's going to know this is not safe or there's a chance there's some flexibility with this move. Right. Versus these young dancers that are fresh out of college or fresh to New York, you know, or wherever, and are doing these moves that their bodies aren't ready for and can't handle. I don't know. I just... No, I mean, I I 100% agree. I think that these fusion classes that are popping up, which are more so just kind of like throwing together different styles and technique, um, I'm not 
really sure what the point is almost because I understand that you might audition for a show or mm-hmm. a gig what will require you to do different styles but it is very that's very likely it's very it's highly unlikely that within one number you're gonna have to like be on point point choose one second and then doing hip-hop the next second and then doing like that doesn't happen the only it's, show that goes close and it's not even hip-hop is uh, American in Paris Mm-hmm. They go from, especially the lead girl, she goes from point to no shoes mm-hmm. very, very quickly. That's ballet to modern. Mm-hmm. But the style of modern that they're doing, it could probably be Muller technique. Although I'm pretty sure it's Horton. It's either Horton or Muller, Jennifer Muller technique. But like, it's a, it's a technique that's not so far off. So I don't feel like... Right. To the untrained eye, it's just, it's a seamless, you're doing ballet with no point shoes on. Right. To a dancer, you're you know, a choreographer, you're gonna be like, okay, we're a little bit in the modern right. world for a but couple of But that's numbers. also somebody who's been training excessively for years. Oh yeah, and she years came and years. out of the American ballet, right? Theater. And is so, a professional, like, so like, you know, just deciding like that sounds cool. I'm gonna teach that to even you know, eighteen plus year olds without proper technique and training. It could, it's you know, it could hurt someone. Um, they're probably not really getting what they need out of class, mm-hmm. and it also probably doesn't look great. Or the thing that, I don't know, I've just always been that person that when you say a specific choreographer, I should be able to know their wheelhouse. Yes. Or or I should say the choreographers that are successful, in my book, purely my opinion, but successful choreographers, even the most popular ones that are all on the dance shows and every which way, mm-hmm. I can look at their, I can look at their body of work and go, like Mia Michaels, She's a modern choreographer. She's actually a Horton. Yeah. Mia Michaels is a very if you Horton. Really look at if you really look at it. She's but very I, I style. agree with you. I think even the most famous ones that, you know, do all these TV shows, mm-hmm. it's very clear what their style is. Maybe sometimes they mix it up. You know, sometimes they get a little slow. Sometimes stuff is faster, more hard hitting. Oh, yeah. But that's all working in the same wheelhouse. And I, I agree with you that it's very clear to see what, you know, what is their what really is their body of work. And it's, as a younger choreographer, as someone like you and I, who are still trying to, like, make our name in the world and trying to put out works, and we Mm -hmm. have, you know, we've grown up doing lots of different techniques, it's also definitely okay as a choreographer and as a teacher to to try different stuff, to be like, this dance is going to be a hip-hop piece. This dance is going to be contemporary. Mm -hmm. Let's do a tap piece. That's totally fine, but kind of keep it in that one thing. I'm going to do a contemporary piece, Make it contemporary. I'm gonna do a tap piece. Have it be a tap piece, and then you can. Well, I'll show... even do whole semesters when it comes to styles like right. that. Like with one group of kids, like literally one. It like at the end, it was my jazz class. Like they were my intermediate jazz class, and then like one day towards the end of the semester, we were messing around and like a song on the radio. And I was feeling myself, so I did like a modern combo. That was never going anywhere, and we finished for the semester. Yeah. So they loved it really so much that when it came time for the pre- the next fall world around, they were like, can we do modern? And I right. was like, well, if we do modern, it's going to be a lot less jazz. Like, we'll do our basic jazz warm-up, but, like, I'm going to have to do more modern stuff if that's what we want right. to do. Got approval for the higher-ups. So that semester, it was all modern, and the piece that we did for the recital was all modern. Because... And right. I mean, and that's just also showing that you're versatile, that you can mm-hmm. work in different capacities. And all these famous choreographers, you look at their body work and be like, oh, it's so clear that this person, it's so clear that 
that um, I can't even think of anyone's name right now, but it's so clear, you know. Susan Stroman. Yes, it's so clear. You like, always know Susan Stroman. You're a topper, <laughs> right? Right. It's very clear, like what their wheelhouse is, but also successful choreographers are ones that are versatile that can do different stuff. So it's one. We're not saying don't. It's one hundred percent okay to do different stuff, and you should. But be careful. But be careful with whom you, you're fusing. With whom you're fusing. If That's you my if you are going to fuse, if you are going to put different techniques together, be careful who it's on. Be careful what it is, mm -hmm. um, because there is a difference between being versatile versus throwing everything in one melting pot and then trying to produce a piece. Exactly. So I definitely like. It just it could end very very badly. And also can just create a lot of injuries. Mm -hmm. And that's always my... Again, I want healthy, long careers for everyone. And I think you have to be careful when you fuse things together that you're not fully aware of. Or teaching, you know, teaching... And we'll actually... I know this is a whole episode. But get teaching styles that you are not proficient in. Mm. Um, I actually Oof. could do a couple rants on that. Yep. Which is why I know it should be a whole other episode. Yep. But it when you're not... And I think fusion is also one of those things of like... It's one thing for you to add maybe four counts of a single move or certain moves can float around different styles, but, but it, it becomes very, like, I just, I often think of like people always want to put like, uh, tutting or pop and locking in mm -hmm. like a modern piece or, or yeah. a certain piece or whatever. And I go, yeah, that's a whole different set of muscles that not everyone has. Well, some people are natural to it, but it also, you can dislocate something that's, doing that. Well, that's also what I was going to say is I, I'm reminded of a piece that, um, someone that we both know did a couple of years ago and it was on a group of teenagers. She said it on a group of teenagers and she was like, well, it's a ballet piece, but it, you know, it has to do with ASL. So I think it would be really cool if some of this, in some of the sign language, I have like these one or two people do a bunch of like popping and locking into some like different grooves. And then it goes back into like, like almost like bar like bar method ballet, yeah. and by bar method I mean like straight up like tendus and degages and like, and it, it just you know what she was a a younger choreographer at the time she wasn't super experienced she was putting the piece on teenagers and it didn't you know maybe in her in her you know in her head maybe the idea could have been really cool but those are with with. with those are types of ideas that those styles, those techniques are so different and yeah. don't really cohesively go together that you need a strong a understanding. You, know, you need a tiller pack. You need someone like that from you know American Empire. Someone like that that has a strong understanding that can get it because you know her being an inexperienced choreographer, it just wasn't set appropriately and it didn't look good on the dancers and it didn't make any sense as to why like. I almost could understand her reasoning storyline wise. It well, it did not work on the dancers. And well, that's the thing. And another, we brought up two good episodes. Another thing that I was talking with a group of friends about recently is that like the assistant to some of the big name choreographers often are like specialists in a different style. Mm -hmm. You know, so like it's um I don't want to drop names, get nobody in trouble. They're the choreographer that he himself is. Like, uh, your standard music theater ballet person. Like, ballet, music theater, classical world. One of his assistants is a total hip-hop person. Mm -hmm. And so a show that's currently on Broadway has a whole hip-hop section. And everyone was like, there's a whole hip-hop number. And everyone was like, why would you do, like, 
there's no way he choreographed that. And literally, we were talking about this Saturday, a group of friends of mine, we're all music theater people, and one of our friends just went in for that audition, went in for that show that's currently running on Broadway. And he was like, oh, yeah, no, it's all the assistant. The, yeah. It's totally the assistant doing it. Like, well, there are knee slides. And right, and it's a smart... All kinds of crazy it's stuff. It's a smart move... Oh, completely. ...on a choreographer's part, because they can go, I have this really awesome idea to put this dance in the show, but... I can't do it because I'm not proficient in it. So let me get an assistant who I know can clean all my stuff, knows mm-hmm. how to do all my stuff, but is super proficient in something like hip-hop. And I can go, this is what I want, and they're able to transpose it into the real world. I have two friends like that. Uh, one of My friend, uh, Clinton, who's guested on the show before, he was doing a workshop of a new musical where the full, full-time choreographer was not a tapper. And there was one tap number. And everyone else in the ensemble could tap. And the assistant choreographer was the tap dancer. So literally, my friend Clinton was uh, chilling with the choreographer, learning the tap in the background while everyone else was like going crazy up front because they're all tappers. Mm-hmm. And the choreographer was like, no, it's all them because I'm not a tapper. Um, and I have another friend who does ballroom. And she was brought in as an assistant choreographer because the full-time choreographer had some experience with ballroom, but he was like, I need someone that actually knows what they're doing so I don't set these people up to hurt themselves. hmm You know? And so, like, that's... I Again, it's smart to bring someone in that knows what they're doing. And we'll delve into this so much more at a different time in a different episode. But, yeah, I definitely just want to mention that, like, fusion can be a really great thing, but it also can be a very dangerous thing. Yes. 100%. That being said, let's roll right along into our class shout outs. So, about a week ago? Yeah, about a week ago. We, yeah, it was a week ago because it was last Monday. We uh, Danielle and I took a class at Alvin Ailey, the extension. It's on Mondays at 7? I think it was... Was it 7.30? Yeah, I think it was 7.30. Monday nights at 7.30. That sounds right, 7.30. Um, Advanced Beginner Contemporary with Levi Marsman. And it was that Horton class I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. It's very clearly that I, like, I my body was dead for well, a week. Well, it's, it's interesting because it is it is a contemporary class. Mm-hmm. But it's very, it's very clear that he is extremely trained in Horton Mm -hmm. and so he and he does he talks about he makes it very real he's like we're gonna do this in the warm-up and they're in the warm-up and across the floor it was a lot of Horton and Tony and I were both like oh it's been a hot minute and sore for an entire week week. because Horton really targets crazy muscles in you Horton really really Um, targets crazy muscles but then the reason why he kind of called the contemporary which I understand was once we got into the combo it was straight up you know modern contemporary yeah Oh, but again, and again, watching his work, I would go, oh, he's a modern, oh, he's in the Horton wheelhouse. Yes, 100%. But he is living his best life. Yeah, he's 100%. He stays in the in, in the modern realm. It was definitely a modern contemporary class. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great. It really was true, true modern contemporary with a lot of, you know, and there's a couple of Graham contraction stuff in the warm-up we did and everything. So mm-hmm. he's very clearly a modern dancer, but a lot of Horton, which I appreciate it because I really enjoy Horton. I I do like I secret I I used to be a bigger fan of it yeah but I spent so much of my college and adult years not doing it that my body was like what's going on it was a total freak out 
But I liked it. Like, I liked that it was such a drastic change from what I normally do, you know? Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of floor work stuff, you know? There was a lot of up and tall and extension and, you know, gr- um, long, clear lines, which is very different from, you know, the floor stuff that I'm usually used to doing. Um, so I really enjoyed I really enjoyed his class. Like, he had a very nice, warm presence to himself because um, it's a new slot that he's taking over. Mm-hmm. But something very important that I want to mention is that in the process of running the combo at the end of class, uh, a couple of the dancers pulled out their phones and started recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we were doing the combo, you know, in like three or four groups. Yeah, and rotating it was in and very, out. It was very innocent, but a couple of dancers were like, oh, would go up to someone else, like, oh, hey, can you record me while I perform the combo? And... Literally, I saw the first girl that did it, and I I saw it, and I went back to dancing. I thought nothing of it. Then I saw two or three more do the same thing after they saw the first girl, and they and they did it. Yeah. And at the end of class, he mentioned to him. He was like, "I wish you would have asked first. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just because like, and I part it like I think he came about it two ways. First of all, it was his choreography that like is about to be out into the world, and he has no yes. clue what these videos look like. Yes. Um. Secondly, it was an advanced beginner class with varying levels in the class. Yeah, it was very clear that there were definitely, like, some A-Lead 2 members in the class. There were definitely some, um, like, A-Lead students that are there 24-7. There, there were was, one or two, like, teachers I caught there as well, yes, too. Yes, there were one or two teachers. There are some older people who clearly, like, have danced forever. Yeah, um, and are like, I'm not doing that for long. I'm too yeah. old for that. So but, there was just, like, a varying level, and it was, I mean, and it was a relatively it was a pretty challenging class still mm-hmm. like it definitely is not for like you can't show up to that class never not dancing like that's no a no no so it was definitely a good mix of class but i think he just played the teacher being like you you put and granted i'm sure that the videos were just of those people dancing and they weren't yeah it seemed to be very much else. so like and it came from right. an innocent place for them but i i just appreciate him standing up for his body of work, mm-hmm. and the other students in the class, like, you need to ask for something like that. Yes. Because nine times out of ten, his response would have been, I feel as if he would have said, he would have asked the class if they're okay with people recording. Yes, I think that was one, because he, the, he, what I really appreciated was he didn't call anyone out. At the end of class, people were saying thank you, people went up to say thank you, and he said, he said, oh, you're so welcome, but, um, hey, just so you know, you know, um, I saw that you were recording. Next time, if you come back to class, like, please ask. We mm-hmm. don't, um, we don't record in my class without permission, even if it is just for you to look at. Yes. Um, it's, you know, it's my work. And so it's my body of work. And also, like, you just need permission. And I really do appreciate that because there might be people in that class who aren't comfortable being filmed. And, and again, I agree with you. I don't, I think they were literally, from what I remember seeing too, like, they were just filming the person who asked oh, yeah. to be filmed. Like, it was super innocent. But standing up for your work and standing up for your class and for the other students, um, I think it's something that I just love that as, as a fellow teacher. That's the same kind of way. Just because, like, also, I, like I said, high school was the last time I did a Horton combo, so I was feeling like a hot mess, and I would have hated to end it up on Instagram or Snapchat somewhere, and right, somebody, and you're you know, not even if the background best. of somebody's video being like, "Who's that awful guy in the back?" Like, I, it's just a respect thing, and I really appreciate him yes. doing that. One hundred percent. But I mean, his class was 
awesome. It was really, really great. It was a really true modern contemporary mm-hmm. class. Um, we'll definitely be going again. Oh, completely. He was a really great teacher, and it was it was a good it was a good mixture and a good energy of people in the class. It was um, a really good stretch too. Like I haven't had a really good stretch, stretch. like that it was in a while. So good, but um, he let us know some um, his handle. If you want to follow him on anything, he said it, yes. he's kind of on everything. So um, and Twitter, as this episode goes Instagram. live, check our the PYT Instagram and Facebook. We will be tagging him in all of the things. Yes, and his handle is if you want to find him on any social media, it's at Levi Marsman, and that's L E V I M A R S M A N. Um, so definitely check him out. Check out our Facebook and Instagram for his handle, his info. Um, check out his class. It was really great. Yes. And so we're going to switch it up a little bit and throw a really quick, I'm sorry, what at you. So this one, as you guys may have read on us, we've not been doing a lot of I'm sorry what's because we're in summer vacation. So we've not been dancing full out uh, or teaching full out a lot lately. So we haven't had too many crazy or sweet moments, but there is this one that was sent to me on the Dance Teacher Network that I'm a part of. And it's from Chelsea F. And she says, I'm shopping at Target with my two-year-old and I see a woman and her five-year-old in the aisle where the dance clothes and shoes are and she's crying. She can't figure out how these ballet shoes are supposed to fit. I decide to go back and help her. She tells me that she finally has the money to put her daughter in ballet and that she has no idea what she's doing. This little girl is so excited for her shoes. So I help her get the right size, and she's trying them on, and she's twirling around. The mother starts to sob, and I start to sob. So I just thought this was just really sweet that, like, we're dance teachers and we're people. So when we're not on teacher time, we don't want to be bothered with stuff like anything else. But to see this mom that's, like, wants to give, you know, dance to her daughter, it's like, I have no clue what's going on. And for Chelsea to stop and just help her out, I just thought that was very sweet. Yeah. And I wanted to share it. Well, that being said, the curtain has closed on this episode. Uh, we hope that you will join us next week. And every week after that. We want to say a special thank you to our listeners. Our numbers keep, go- keep growing, and that's all thanks to you. Episodes come out every Tuesday. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music are perfect places to do that. You can find us on Facebook at Point Your Toes. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at Point PYT. You can email us at PYTNYC29 at gmail.com. I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. And I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. See you next week on Point Your Toes, the adventures of the NYC dance.